Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Thursday, February 8th, 527 a.m. Central Time. Uh, it's Groundhog Day. Um, it's not Groundhog Day, but in regard to the corn market, it is fresh lows again overnight. Uh, March corn futures down one and three quarters at 432 and a half. March soybeans up one and a quarter at 11.90 and a quarter. March Chicago wheat down nine at 5.93. March Kansas City wheat down seven and three quarters at 6.10 and a half. March spring wheat down four and a half at 6.91 and three quarters. Let's start off with some USDA news, which is not shocking, but certainly interesting. U.S. farmer income is slated to decline significantly this year due to poor markets. According to USDA data, 2024 net farm income is projected to drop to $116.1 billion, a decline of 26% compared to last year. This would be the largest yearly decline since 2006 and the lowest level since 2020. Additionally, the decline would cause profits to fall below the 20-year average of $118.2 $118.2 billion. Meanwhile, total production costs are expected to increase by 3.8% year over year. Direct government farm payments are anticipated to fall by 16%. Ample grain supplies and Brazil expanding its dominance in the global grain market have caused domestic grain prices to tumble. This should not be shocking to any of you um, that things are going to be worse probably in 24 than they were in 23 or 22. And these are projections. I mean, it's early in the calendar year. Um, they had some cool graphics here. So you look at this, there's two different metrics. You've got net farm income and net cash farm income. And it looks exactly how you'd expect it to look. You saw a big increase in uh, incomes or cash farm incomes in 2021, 2022. You saw a decline in 23 and another big decline is expected in 24. So depending on which of these metrics you look at, we're either back to like the worst levels since 2006, I think by one metric and by the other one, maybe the worst since like 2014. Some other interesting stuff here. This is a long-term chart of US farm assets, debt and equity from 1960 to 2024. And the based on this, it would appear to me as if the farmer, generally speaking, is in pretty good financial shape uh, relative to, say, the mid-80s through the early 2000s. You saw that pinch there in like the mid-80s. Uh, you guys know what happened then, but that was when uh, debts rose and uh, assets and equity declined. And then you kind of flatlined or improved just a little bit. And then I would say that that um, increase, that that trend that started in like, call it 2005, 2006, uh, in the, the bigger increase in total assets and equity, that may be tied to the the ethanol mandate and that sort of thing. So, you know, relative to the last, and this is inflation adjusted, relative to the last uh, 50, 60 years, uh, farmer financial health is uh, appears to be in good shape if this is to be believed. And I know everything USDA says is fake, but um, this looks like a decent chart to me. Uh, the, one of the big reasons for that, of course, is because land values are so high and uh, total farm assets and also uh, the price of land, not coincidentally, um, have, have been on the rise. And then they had a chart of uh, farm assets other than real estate. And this is no surprise to you guys. Machinery and vehicle assets are the biggest portion of that non-real estate asset portion. Uh, animal 
and uh, animal product inventory, crop inventory, investments, and other financial assets, secondary to machinery and vehicle assets. I'll include the uh, link to this whole deal in the YouTube description today if you guys want to look at it. I just threw in some stuff that I thought was interesting, but they actually had some really good charts and graphs there. USDA will release its monthly crop production and WASD report this morning at 11 o'clock central. The February report is typically not associated with market volatility. However, some changes are expected. Traders expect the USDA to cut its projections for Brazil's crops, while increased estimates for Argentina are expected. Very few changes are anticipated on the U.S. balance sheets. I believe CONAB is out uh, this morning also. So you should see both government entities, your uh, Brazilian government and also the U.S. government, reduce their projections for the Brazilian uh, soybean crop in particular. I think that's the one that people are watching closely. It's not. I don't think this is a market mover in any way, shape, or form. The, the market traders are well aware that USDA is too high with the Brazilian soybean number. They, they believe it has to come down, and it probably will. Argentina, I have some questions here. So they just came off uh, a couple of weeks of hot and dry weather and the trade on average is looking for an increase to those production estimates. I wouldn't be shocked if USDA just kind of stayed um, flat with the Argentina numbers. Maybe it's too early to tell, but in, in either case, I don't believe this is a market mover. You're still looking at some pretty uh, healthy looking carryouts here for the United States, maybe some changes on the global front, but today's report is not um, typically a market mover. The next market moving report is March 28th. That's prospective plantings and quarterly grain stocks. So you got to get this February report out of the way. Also the early March report out of the way. And then that late March report is, is the big market mover this time of year. If you guys have not checked out our premium content, you need to do so. Joe, can you tell me about the video you put together yesterday with Brian Split? Brian was on yesterday. Brian is fantastic with charts, and um, we talk about charts every other Wednesday. Actually, we've done it two weeks in a row uh, here recently. But uh, the 2014 analog is dead. We had this like analog um, 2023 versus 2013 in the corn market in particular, which kind of played out to, to a significant degree. And it actually looked as if it was going to continue like 2014 versus 2024. And now that analog is dead. What does it mean uh, for price action? What are the charts telling us? Uh, Brian ran through all of that stuff yesterday. Uh, really good stuff. We did corn, we did soybeans, and I think we did cattle and feeder cattle also, uh, maybe a couple of other things. If you guys want to see the premium stuff, we do a new premium video every single business day. This is a $50 per month subscription. You can sign, you can uh, cancel at any time. Um, there's no other fee. There's no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. If you sign up, you'll get our morning email, which goes out every business day at 5 a.m. Central. That includes our six most recent premium videos. We have a text message serv service also, which is optional. Uh, no extra cost there. Give that deal a shot today, guys. This is the best way to support what we're doing. Um, if you like YouTube, if you like the podcast, you'll love the premium stuff, I promise. According to the U.S. Chief Agricultural Negotiator, by year's end, the U.S.-Mexico trade dispute over GMO corn will be settled. Mexico stopped importing GMO corn for human consumption back in 2020. The country claimed that the GMO corn threatened native corn varieties and could harm human health. In response, this past August, the U.S. filed a request for a dispute panel under the North American Trade Pact. The U.S. is claiming Mexico's import ban violates its trade commitments and is not grounded in science. The panel is scheduled to hear arguments later this year. 
the only people that this affects right now, and we've talked about this before, but I feel like there's some like misinformation out there. This is only right now as it relates to corn for human consumption, which is like, you know, your white corn thing, things along those lines. So this is like maybe 1% of you guys watching who grow those sort of specialty type crops. Uh, as far as like, you know, yellow number two goes, we are exporting or selling more corn to Mexico than any, any other destination by a wide margin. Mexico accounts for 46% of all U.S. Uh, export commitments this year. So make no mistake, Mexico has been and will continue to be a huge buyer of U.S. corn. The issue here is um, this corn for human consumption, which is a very small amount. But in any case, I mean, we hope it, it gets sorted out. This is just, it's not an, an impactful thing for the vast majority of you guys growing uh, corn out there. U.S. ethanol production increased last week. Weekly output of 1.03 million barrels was up 4.2% on the week and up marginally versus the same week last year. Ethanol stocks were pegged at 24.8 million barrels. The print was up 2.1% compared to the previous week and up 1.4% compared to the same week last year. Implied gasoline demand was up 8.1% compared to the previous week and up 3.7% versus the same week last year. On average, over the last four weeks, implied U.S. gasoline demand is up 2.7% versus the same period last year. So we're back to normal seasonally where we should be in terms of ethanol production. We had two really bad weeks, which were partially due to weather. And then I, I did have a bunch of people in the ethanol industry uh, get a hold of me after we talked about this last week. And they said, yeah, there were absolutely some plants uh, who sold off their natural gas inventories because uh, natural gas prices in the cash market spiked. And that's part of the reason we saw a big decline in production the last couple of weeks. Uh, we're probably on track-ish to hit USDA's projection when it comes to corn demand via ethanol. You could still exceed it if we run into some really good uh, weeks of production. Margins have improved a little bit because corn prices continue to decline. So we're kind of back to normal. But those, uh, those two weeks of really bad production um, are going to cost us a little bit in terms of corn demand, I believe. Bungie is anticipating much slower growth in 2024. In recent years, the company's profits have reached record highs due to dramatic price swings in the grain markets brought on by the war in Ukraine. The company's 2024 profits, however, are expected to decline as global stockpiles stabilize and demand weakens. Bungie's adjusted earnings are forecast to fall by a third to about $9 per share. Since since profits peaked back in August of last year, the company's shares have declined by about 24%. 2024 profits, however, are still expected to be higher than the level seen before the recent highs. Yeah, these low volatility markets are probably not the best thing in the world uh, for the commercial and for their margins. Uh, Bungie CEO did say that um, the Brazilian soybean crop is seen in the mid-150s which is slightly higher than what uh, the private groups said. I would imagine they would have some fee some feel for it. Argentina, around 50 million. So uh, not shocking that the commercials are uh, not doing as well, I guess. Earlier this week, a U.S. district court ruled to discontinue the use of dicambia-based herbicides. Dicamba, dicamba. Dicamba, sorry, darn it. Uh, the ruling prohibits farmers from using dicamba products in the upcoming growing season unless the EPA allows farmers to use products they already have on hand. Makers of dicamba, which include Bayer, BASF, and Syngenta, opposed the ruling and are now awaiting guidance from the EPA. Some farmers and agribusinesses claim the ruling could have negative financial impacts on farmers and limit their ability to control weeds.
I don't farm. I don't know anything about farming or agronomy. Uh, that being said, Bayer soybeans that resist the dicamba-based herbicide are the number two most planted soybeans in the United States, although not all are sprayed with chemicals. So uh, this is the news that we threw in because I figured it may affect uh, some of you guys, uh, despite my ignorance on the entire situation. Uh, what did cattle do yesterday? Uh, cattle futures took a breather yesterday. Feeders closed an average of 47 cents lower. Live cattle closed an average of 76 cents lower. Box beef had a positive day. Choice ended the day at 294.98. That was up 91 cents. Select ended the day at 285.42. That was up 82 cents. Outside markets this morning, uh, U.S. dollars up just a little bit. Uh, the stock market's been incredibly strong. Uh, S&P futures above 5,000. The cash market just missed 5,000 yesterday, but did close at an all-time high, I believe. Bonds are off a little bit. Gold's off $7. Crude oil is up $0.65 cents in the March WTI at $74.52. Remember, guys, report at 11 a.m. Central Time today. Uh, we will talk to you on Friday.